2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoors show
0: with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Cap Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame.
1: Now, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them, because if you break the record, everybody <laughs> with you eats free. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning, and welcome to the Sports Radio Six Ten Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. Good to be back. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman, producing the outdoor show this morning. Is Jake? Good morning, sir. Are you with me this morning, buddy?
0: I am, and I'm excited for this Saturday playoff game in Houston.
1: Yes, in H-town. How about that? Can you
0: believe that we go from second overall pick to hosting a playoff game?
1: I'm with it. That's what we got it for. I'm ready to go with it, buddy. Ready to go. I'm not ready for this weather coming down our throat, but uh, it is January, and it's what we do. It, uh, it gets cold in January. Winter's finally showing up, sounds like. Doom and gloom. That's everywhere you look, so best of luck with that. Be sure and wrap your trout before Tuesday night. <laughs> Instead of your pipes, wrap your trout. Oh, anyway. All right, looking at weather. Our sponsors today, Mainstream Marketing, Boyd's One Stop. Weather right now at Galveston, it's 60 degrees down on the island. A little bit of a warm-up during the night, a little patchy fog in areas. But uh, today we're looking at cloudy skies early, partly cloudy in the afternoon with a stray shower or thunderstorm. High of 67, south-southeast winds 10 to 20. And then for the night, things start changing. Cloudy skies, then windy with periods of thunderstorms late. Gusty winds and small hail are possible. Winds will be south-southwest at 20 to 30 miles per hour, and that rain chance about 70%. Then for tomorrow, sunny and windy. High of 62. Winds will be northwest at 25 to 35 miles per hour. Winds could occasionally gust over 50 miles per hour. These things are roaring in like lions These last couple. Some pretty good gust. And how about that water drop after that last front? Incredible. A lot of water left the bay in a quick time. All right, looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions. We're sitting on a high right now. It was a 1.1. We've got a low coming up at 9.37 a.m. It's a negative 1.1. Then a high at 6.31 p.m., a 1.2. And then a low at 9.38 tonight, 1.1. 7.15 a.m. at sunrise, 5.40 p.m. sunset, and... We are on a a new moon, 0% visibility. All right, looking at current conditions, Galveston channel down there at 62 degrees with 59-degree water. South winds are 5 to 9. And at Eagle Point, it's 60 degrees with 56-degree water. South-southeast, 6 to 8. And at Morgan's Point, 55 degrees with 56-degree water. East winds at 3. So that's about it. That's where we're at. Just waiting on the big blow. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And uh, Houston area, they're calling for low 20s for lows and only in the 30s for a high during those days. So good luck with that. And uh, hopefully, uh, ERCOT's got our grid set up good, and uh, we'll get through this. No blackouts. We shall see. All right, let's go over to Sabine Lake, Golden Triangle Area, and let's uh, check in with Captain Bill Watkins this morning and see what he's up to. Good morning, Mr. Watkins. How are you, buddy?
2: Well, I'd be better if it wasn't coming a serious cold spell, but, uh, (laughs) it is what it is, right? I have to live through that every year, it seems like one or two times.
1: Next week would be a uh, good week to go hunting.
2: Yeah, it would be, especially down in the South Texas area. Yes. I don't know if it'd be that good to hunt here in East Texas or not, but it'd be it'd cold. Cold. Yeah, and if you like it's it, like that. Get real cold in those piney woods. Oh my goodness! I think we've <laughs>
1: lost him. Pretty much. Uh, did you lose to me? See what you can do about getting him back up. I hear you. Or did you lose me?
2: I hear you. I hear you. I don't know where you went. I got you loud and clear. Are you gone?
0: All right, Bill. Let me try to get back uh, Captain Mickey.
2: Oh, I hear you very well.
1: Yeah, we're back. I don't know what happened. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I shut her down and reconnected and it uh it's a gremlin
2: it's gremlins
1: well it's a good way to start the week off (laughs) i I couldn't hear you and i'm you know i don't know what happened i
2: could hear you just fine could you one of those things yeah oh yeah
1: well i better better watch what i say when i drop (laughs) in that's right and i couldn't hear jake and i couldn't hear you but we're back now so we were uh yeah i I think I mentioned, yeah, it' will get real cold in East Texas during this thing, so
2: yeah, it will i I just hate having to fight that cold with my plumbing and all
1: that. I know a lot of people are already dreading this, I, uh especially plumbing companies, i mean they they don't need anything like this. You talk about nightmares, oh, I've heard them all. Seen them, all, heard them mm-hmm. all, pretty nasty. Oh yeah.
2: Well, we can uh, we can talk about the scoping meeting that I went to last. Yeah, I was night. gonna.
1: I was, you read my mind. I was gonna ask you about that. Did you go to that one last night over in your area?
2: I did, and uh, it was civilized. It was. Uh, wow. That's... Oh yeah, it was quite civilized. Uh, we had one fellow that. Uh, everybody because we seem to be destroying the marshlands <laughs> blocking off the free flow of salt water here and there and, and uh everybody was groaning because they knew that he was right and they didn't have an answer for it you know the cca was there and uh, they they had a representative there and, and it's hard for anybody to answer that stuff you know when it when you Build weirs and block off saltwater flow, and close off marshes, and reroute this and reroute that. Not to mention uh, all the uh,
1: industrial, commercial, you know. Not to mention that, yeah, Yeah.
2: that goes along. Well, well, and that
1: that probably irritated them because they were there strictly to talk about spotted sea trout, you know, regulations, and they didn't they didn't want to hear all that environmental fallout stuff. So. That uh, probably aggravating him somewhat.
2: This particular gentleman shows up at every one of these kind of things, and he's got an axe to grind, and his axe is... Well, he's a target his,
1: with it, yeah.
2: he's It's it's valid. Oh, heck yes. And I'd nobody say the really majority wants to of our problems.
1: I would have to even stick my neck out and say 80 to 90 percent of it. It isn't the fishermen and the regulations. It's environmental. That's and, right. We could micromanage ourselves out of uh, the fishing industry. We don't watch
2: it. That's that's correct. And uh, uh, Jerry Norris stood up and talked about that, and he made the point that after every, you know, we were looking at the graph up there for Savine Lake area and everywhere else. After every freeze event, like 83 and all of that, it recovered. The population recovered. And I pointed out that after every flood event we had recovered and we're recovering now. And we felt like that we needed a regional approach or a water body approach rather than a all over the coast approach.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's I still feel that way. Well,
1: I'm, I will say this, not on their behalf, just to what I experience and what I know about trout fishing. I know a little bit about it. I've been chasing a mine. <laughs> a little <life>. bit? <laughs> uh, you know, we've had, uh, when was Harvey? In 2017, and now we're in uh, 2024. This year it'll be seven years since that flood. And... I'll stick out my neck and say, you know, Galveston hadn't fully recovered from that. I mean, we, we've got some numbers of fish, but, hey, we, two-thirds of our water is dead water, where there's not a – fish just don't live there anymore. And something something happened with, with that severe flood and all the pollution fallout and everything that came with it, and it's just uh, – we haven't built – I mean, we've had seven years to build – you know 7 years of age class fish and we're still sitting there at 3 pounders and less. You know 2 that's and 3 right. year old fish or less. And that is exactly that's, right. that's my biggest concern. You know I'm, I know we got plenty of uh, small fish to keep everybody entertained and uh, satisfied somewhat, but it's not like it's on every street corner like it was before that event. Not to mention we've lost two-thirds of our natural oyster and clam a range of clamshell habitat with it. So there's there's so many variables, and, you know, I guess they're looking to us to do our due diligence, our part, and not harvesting as many fish to leave more in the water to produce more to, you know, kind of get us over the top of that curve, you know, get us – Get us running downhill with with all the different age classes. I, I don't know. I'm not a biologist, and you know somebody knows. Somebody know what the imbalance is about. But uh, I think you guys, as far as numbers and a wider, vaster area, y'all recovered better than we have.
2: Yeah, I think probably we have. And. But- we- a lot of you know, that might be pollution and, and other issues.
1: Oh, it's environmental. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest issue. It always has been. But you know, we bounced back back in the early '80s and in that big freeze in '90 a lot quicker. But we had a we had a better in, environment for our fish to grow. You know, more live oyster beds, more everything, different water. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest issue that we're, you know, we're seeing over this way, or I'm seeing. I mean, a lot of people disagree with me, which is fine. No. Everybody's got their own <laughs> opinions, but I've been yeah, running yeah. these fish a long time and uh, spent thousands and thousands of hours on the water in this bay system, and it's just uh, it's not the same place that I fished even 10 years ago. Not to mention well, forty or fifty years ago.
2: You know what they say about opinions.
1: Yeah, everybody's got one.
2: Uh, yeah, and they're there's... like
1: dog tails.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to to be a little bit milder than what I was. Yes, wanted to say.
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> and I, but I felt like I felt like that I knew more than everybody in the room. Right. about Sabine Lake, not about the whole coast. I'm here. Right. But I just felt like I knew more about what the heck was going on. Well, you every should, as much
1: time it. as you spend on it and uh, the hours you've got in on it, you know, seeing's believing. You know what's going on. You're there out there every day that you can
2: be. Yeah, I know where all the major populations of fish go and when they go there. Pretty much within a week, I can nail it. You know, it, it's just... I know when I need to move to go here and go there, uh, based on freshwater flow. And the key, the key to any bay system around here—Galveston, Trinity, Sabine, Calcasieu—is freshwater flow. The key is that, and how much freshwater flow you got determines how much fishing you got. Yeah,
1: the right amount. And you know, you don't want too be? much or you don't want too less. You know, you've got to have go that ahead, delicate
2: man. balance. I've seen during those early drought years when I first started guiding, 99 through 2004, 5, 6, whatever, uh, we had a little bit of a dry spell. And every year along about May, the water would salt up up the river. Mm-hmm. And, boy, I mean, fishing was good up that way. You could
1: figure out if know you
2: wanted to go to Sabine Pass or get yeah, I do. Yeah, it
1: you, know, you know why? That's where the bait is. Uh, you know, the brackish water, they thrive in that, and right. they need that for yes. reproduction. Now, if it's too fresh, you can't reproduce. We all know that. No. But uh, that delicate balance, and they'll travel as far north as they can to get that perfect salinity rate, and that's where the bait's going to be also. That's where it's reproduced also. so. Go north, young yes. man.
2: <laughs> yeah, whenever it salts up the saltwater wedge, when it moves up the rivers, you go up the rivers. Now You can choose to stay in the Gulf, or you can choose to stay at Sabine Pass. Or, but, uh, you know, normally back in the day, we had lots of schools of trout in the lake. Now we don't have lots of schools of trout in the lake. And people are trying to blame it on... On redfish eating the trout, and I just laugh. I mean, in Galveston, you've got that problem. Yeah, I'll beg to differ on that
1: one. We we do have a problem with bull reds in Galveston Bay, and uh, we there's no way there's no study or research to be done on how many small immature you know trout those those fish eat. But uh, we see it with our own eyes when you're reeling in. Small trout, two pounds or less, and you got bull reds in a feeding frenzy trying to knock it off your hook and eat it. You know, that's when you see that. Seeing and believing. Yeah, let let Uh, this break over with. We'll come back. Yeah. Uh, I would have to knock you off, but I need to take this quick break. I'll come right back to you. Hang on. Keep that thought. All right, you're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio Six Ten Outdoor Show Four Eighteen here in the Bayou City. A little CCR there. All right. All right, Bill. We're back, man.
2: Yeah, I love CCR. That's oh yeah, that's some good Ple- stuff.
1: Creedence Clearwater Revival.
2: Yeah, buddy. But no, I don't. I don't have the problem with forty-inch redfish running ever over here. Like, uh, you know, eating up the middle of the bay and large, giant mm-hmm. schools. It, it's Our redfish population is actually down a little bit in the bay. Now, out in the Gulf, or yeah. you can go out there in August, September, and and roam around a little bit around the jetty, and you can catch a bull red anytime you want to.
1: Yeah, it's the same it's way cool. here, except, you know, we have all the ones in the bay to go with those, so it's, uh, we had yeah, an explosion. You do have
2: the problem. Yeah, and I I think they would if they get to a population imbalance, they would eat up everything
1: pretty you know, quick. A redfish lives, uh, well, they live like thirty years or something. They live a long time, and uh,
2: that's kind of an imbalance right there.
1: Yes, and I've heard pros and cons <laughs> on it. I've had other guys tell me said, "Hey, man, I think." Uh, a lot of these reds that are living in the bay, they don't know to migrate because they were raised in a hatchery and stocked in the bay, and they don't know, they don't have that instinct to migrate and go back to the Gulf.
2: Which, you know, maybe you know, that's it's a possible. It's, it's a theory. It's a theory. It, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I do no know way. this. <laughs> I catch yeah. it, it way back in a ditch somewhere. I wind up catching a 45 or a. 48-inch redfish that will fight for 30 minutes trying right. to figure out what it is. And what in the world is that fish doing there, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue because they ought to be in the Gulf, you know. Shouldn't be back there in a the marsh ditch, but yet they You know, a redfish,
1: they'll, they'll reach, what, sexual mature- maturity at uh, three years old. And uh, here it is. I found it the lifespan of a red drum can exceed 40 years.
2: God, just, that gives him a distinct advantage.
1: Yeah, you'll go through uh, four, almost five generations of trout, you know, before they reach that period of the lifespan of a red drum. So that, I tell you a lot right there.
2: Yeah, it does. And, you know, every once in a while you'll, uh, you'll catch a big old giant redfish, and they, they look like they're sickly, like they've mm-hmm. uh, been back there in that old marsh and they're getting moss on them. And, I mean, we catch some that are just, it's like the elephant graveyard. Where do the, where do the bull reds go to die? Right. <laughs> Finally use up all their years of life. That's funny you bring back that up.
1: A, I, I, I <laughs> named a spot in the back of East Bay there behind Rollover, the big trout graveyard.
2: Yeah.
3: It's like
1: they all came there uh, at the height of their lifespan and uh, died at the hands of uh, a handful of good fishermen. <laughs> we call it the the big trap graveyard. <laughs> but, now here it says a red drum can actually live to be 60 years old.
2: Oh, good grief.
1: Yeah, there you go.
2: I think I've caught a couple that were that old.
1: Had barnacles on nah. them.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and kind of funky-looking moss hanging off part of their body, and uh, oh, just you know, you think about eating one of those, it'd be like no. There's <laughs> <Well, laughs> no yeah. telling how much mercury that thing's carrying around.
1: Well, you know, and the older a fish gets, the more contaminants it has in it because yep. of the its environment it lives in, plus the bait fish that it eats. That there's no telling where it comes from, you know. That's true. That's why those younger trout taste better. They don't have the contaminants.
2: That's that's why I met those Parks Wildlife people that were trying to uh, net a big gar Mm -hmm. back in the Keith Lake system so they could uh, get samples of the flesh and see how much mercury was in it. Right. And I never did hear any more about that. I talked to them while they were out there doing it. Just curious, idle over and talked to them. And uh, they uh, they thought maybe that that mercury was coming over on the jet stream from developing countries like China and India, right? And maybe that's where all that mercury was coming from. But it definitely is. That's a pollutant that's out there, and they're not real real sure where it's coming from. Uh, there's all kind of things going on, but you know, based on based on what I saw last night from their graphs. You know, when you have flood flood events, the fish the fishery recovers. When you have bad freeze events, the fishery recovers. As far as the trout go, well, and, it always has.
1: I mean, you know, the freezes we've experienced in our lifetime are nothing to what I heard about before I was around. You know, they had some just unbelievable ones that they thought we lost everything, but they came back.
2: Yeah. And I don't know, that might be nature's way of creating, you know, cleaning up an imbalance. I, well, I sure. don't know.
1: That's, you know, nature, uh, Mother Nature can, I mean, she's she's the conservationist. She giveth and taketh when, away.
2: And, when you uh, try to turn all the area of a marsh into a freshwater pond so that ducks can come in, mm-hmm. uh, you're losing you're losing the battle right there. And, I mean, I don't know. You ought to see what's ahead of us
1: in Galveston Bay over here, Bill, (laughs) with this. You know, the last ship ship channel dredging project that lasted 10 years, that changed a lot of environmental issues immensely. And now with this new project, we're going to even deepen it and widen it even more. Plus, we're gonna dig another ship channel from the ship channel to the mouth of Cedar Bayou. There were tabs between oh, and all the spoil is gonna be riddled over three of the biggest reefs: Galveston, you know, Trinity Bay's guy, Dows, Beasley's, and Fisher's. And uh, there's gonna be spoil everywhere, and it's gonna, you know, they'll have cuts through it. But think when we do get a flood event, how long is it gonna take now to to filter that fresh water out of the bay system? Like we've been accustomed to, it's going to take 10 times longer to get rid of the fresh water. And, uh, it's just,
2: it's,
1: it's just going to change everything immensely. I mean, we won't live long enough to see it, but I can see what's coming. And it's not a pretty sight in my books.
2: I see it too. We've got it going on over here too. They're going to deepen and widen the, uh, the, the ship channel, and I don't know how they're going to figure out how to do that. Are they going to have to build two new highways, or, you know, what What in the world are they doing?
1: Well, and, um, and one thing you got in your advantage over there is your ship, ship channel's a lot shorter, and you've got all I that sure Pleasure is. Island spoil reserve there where they've been dumping that spoil for years, so they're not going to have to, I mean... Our body of water is actually shrinking, acreage-wise, due to spoil development, and uh, yep, yours yours probably won't. But you know, I even I even well, heard they're going there. There's a proposal they're wanting to put a container port in down in Port Mansfield, one of the most pristine places on the coast. My oh gosh. no! Yeah, you're kidding. It's all about the money, brother. Commerce. Uh.
2: Money talks and BS.
1: walks. yeah, it does. You know, fishermen are. You know, we're just a little small. You know, piece of the process. I mean, they need that water and those shipping lanes and everything else, and that's that's going to win over every time due to money. Yeah, and there's plenty
2: of water in the ocean to fill it in. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What three fourths of the earth is covered in water?
2: Well, I would totally be against putting something like that down in. Fort it,
1: well, you thanks. can see the growth, you know, in Corpus, you know, all up and down the coast. I mean, it's just expanded. It's just, you know, these, these as places far, that I've as been gone, all that, my life aren't recognizable anymore.
2: As far as going, what they're trying to to say on that anyway. scoping meeting is that we blame all the fishermen for everything.
1: Did we do it again? And there's
2: so many more factors.
1: It looks like it.
2: Oh my goodness! Well, you know why? Why do we have to blame the fishermen? What's the difference between three trout and five trout? I mean, we had, uh, but we had a show of hands out of the forty or so people that were in that room, and it was vastly outnumbered of, of managing by region to region taking a regional approach rather than a whole coast approach. And uh, I think only three or four people raised their hand for the coastal approach. Now, that ought to have told them something right there. And, and that question wouldn't have even been asked if we hadn't brought it up. So I, I just don't... But it's going to happen. I see it. They're going to do it. And uh I'm in competition with uh, a whole state of Louisiana, where yeah. I'm at. I mean in Galveston Bay, you can still say, "Okay, well, we're just going to catch three, but three won't even three won't even feed A, <laughs> a family of three. <laughs> That's just five is an okay number. I can deal with that. Normally, when I go fishing for myself, I just keep five or six. That's that's all the trout I need. I'll go catch some more, eat them fresh. Right. But everybody can't do that. Some people have to freeze a few, and there's ways to do it, or it works. Um, and I'm not I'm not totally against live bait fishermen. I mean, although the the croaker fishing is a pretty bad thing when you consider wiping out the big trout.
1: Well, that, I that all started it, back in the mid-'90s. And, yeah,
2: uh, it is.
1: It's been going on a long, long time.
2: There's pros and cons
1: to that. I mean, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> where you go out there in the bay, if you're a guide on the mid-coast and you go out there on the bay – and you get to catch three three fish per person, you're probably going to get a limit pretty quick with croaker or live bait. And then you're going to turn around and run another trip and maybe an afternoon trip. It's good for them. They're, uh, they're a good If They think they can get the business, and a lot of those tourist areas do get a lot of good business. And those guys will make a lot of money. Of course they're for it. But uh, that doesn't work here because we don't have a tourist trade, per se. Uh, we've got the casinos over in Louisiana. We've got uh, Galveston Island as is the tourist mecca, and there's right. nothing to do here. <laughs> I mean, really, no there's just... Some- <laughs> We're it's, just it's, stuck in the, I wouldn't the call that an attractive
1: bay. tourist stop, you know. Let's go to hey, Port no. Auburn and look at the chemical plants putting off uh, steam and smoke out of their pipes over there, you know.
2: No, people come here to fish. Yeah. And even though we've got this 30 miles of pristine marsh over on the Louisiana side and a lot on the Texas side, not that many people come to access that to look at it. Right. It's uh, it's very pretty, you know. It's it's amazing when you see the sunrise over that marsh like that, and you know there's just so you know, vast areas that there's nothing out there. It's just nature, you know. It's beautiful, and uh, we see all kind of wildlife and birds and everything, and it's just. But you know, I could go on and on about this, but. I think a five-fish limit just drives everybody to Louisiana where they can
1: catch fish. Well, Louisiana's running out of fish because they're having to change their stuff, too. And
2: uh, Yeah, but th- they're slow to let go. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, they'll, they'll wake <laughs> they'll up one day go. and go, wow, we should have followed suit.
2: Yeah, but what the heck uh, happened?
1: Yeah, what happened? Well, and but I'm thinking uh,
2: that eliminating the guides, keeping their 15... Is a, a move forward, a vast move forward. Oh, but I did get one thing established last night. I asked the question at what age does Parks and Wildlife consider a trout sexually mature enough to contribute to the biomass? That sounded intelligent, didn't it? <laughs> Instead of saying laying eggs, <laughs> 12 <laughs> inches. It's what the answer I got, 12 inches. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought y'all said 14 inches. Will the truth please stand up?
1: Yeah, I've never got so, that. Texas says 14, Louisiana says 12.
2: Well, they're all I biologists in the
1: same field of work. Or uh, yep. The DNA <laughs> in the fish in Louisiana, are they that much different than our spotted sea trout over here? As far as uh, sexual maturity, not much. I wouldn't much. think so, but uh, no. There's pros and cons on all of it. I mean, just watch the news or whatever. You can find any information you want that fits your mentality. Just keep switching stations till you find the one you like and the forecast you like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Fishing's kind of. Well, I'll have
2: way. to. I'll have to say this for the great state of Louisiana, at least. They got away from pencils into a 13-inch fish. I'm, I'm surprised that. Well, basically,
1: in in my books, a 13-inch is a pencil to me. You know, I well, mean, 15 inches are even pencils to me. And uh, I like you know, to eat
2: the 13-inchers myself. And uh, yeah. anything anything 15 or above, I throw back. That's my preference. I just like a thinner fillet of fish or trout. And those old big five
1: pounders, my God, that just tastes
2: like cotton. Yeah. You know, big old feet, heavy uh, They do taste uh, a
1: little more gamey, no doubt. Yeah, I
2: just so turn them loose.
1: Kind of like, like like an old deer versus a an old rutting buck versus a uh, young deer. So
2: absolutely.
1: But uh, you know, oh well, well I gotta go, Bill. I'm out of time. We could go on for <laughs> man, th- this topic here could last for months.
2: It could, and,
1: uh, and maybe will. We need to have a soapbox Sunday where you know, but if people would call in and uh, you know, voice their opinions, I don't know, some would, some are, most probably would. But uh, anyway, it's uh, it's in the hands of our uh, our fish, you know, our fish management. They're, uh, yes, they manage and, our fishery, and uh, you know, we're
2: for the most part, they do pretty good work.
1: Yeah, for the most part, they really do. I, I have they have done
2: that. a lot. They've done a lot, and they've worked on the stocking and all that kind of stuff, and they've done well. Exactly. A lot of people have poured a lot into that and a lot of love, and you got to give them that. So, I'm well, not there's there's more
1: to it than just finger-pointing and blaming certain individuals for this and certain true. individuals for that. I mean, it's uh, we're all in it together. We might as well come together <laughs> and agree on something. If All right, buddy. Throw him out me. a number. I got to roll again, my friend.
2: All right. 409 673 9211.
1: That'll get you to me. That'll do it. All right, Bill. Well, hey, you have a good one. I'll talk to you Saturday. We'll continue this Saturday. We'll just
2: Absolutely. Keep,
1: keep going nuts. All right, buddy. See you later. <laughs> All right. That's Captain Bill Watkins. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Onyx PFDs. You know, approximately 70% of all fatal boating accident victims drown, and out of that 70%, 87% of them were not wearing a personal flotation device. A PFD is like wearing a seatbelt. It's the biggest safety feature. It's proven to save your life, and Onyx AM24 is the one I wear. It's very comfortable. It's convertible from automatic to manual. Our manual-only inflation, it has a low-profile design that keeps you comfortable, especially in hot weather. Plus, it has a soft neoprene neckline It won't rub you raw when you're moving from spot to spot in rough water. It has a durable ripstop fabric. It resists tears and punctures. Inflatable PFDs are not recommended for children and non-swimmers, but Onyx has a complete lineup of flotation devices to fit every situation. For more information, visit onyxoutdoor.com or check them out at Academy Sports and Outdoors. I wear Onyx BFDs. You should too.
2: Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 there presents The Outdoor Outdoors. Show with Captain Mickey there Eastman. They
1: pull
2: the, sun.
1: the animals. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 440 here in the Bayou City. Let's run up to Lake Conroe and discuss a little hybrid fishing or what have you with. With Richard Tots, the fish dude. Richard, good morning.
3: Well, good morning, Mickey. How are you?
1: Oh man, I'm all right. And
3: You? Good deal. Yeah, you know I'm good. You know I'm good. I, I can't can't figure out what what to do. I was going to go to Ryerden this morning and head back over there, but that can't dang wind's less. supposed to. I know that <laughs> wind's supposed to blow like crazy up here today, and then it's going to get cold next week.
2: So it's
3: like, man, I don't know. I'd like. Because, like, next, uh, I think it's next Sunday's that rattle trap deal, so. Yeah, I'll all get the over. pre-fishing,
1: everybody's done. You can just throw all that out the window with this weather change coming here, buddy. This is going to drop some water temperatures way down.
3: Yeah, it weird. is. Yeah, it is. Ho- hopefully some of the stuff I found will hold up. We'll see. Uh, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I got me a pretty decent pattern going over there, I think. So, hopefully hopefully, it holds up So that's what i'm that's what i'm kind of depending on because it's uh one thing about the pattern i got i've tried it in several different areas around the lake and it's it's holding up pretty good so i can't i can't say nothing bad about it it's i just hope it hangs in there for about three weeks it'll hang in there for three weeks i'll be good i'll be back over here and, and catch these fish over here now but these hybrids yes yesterday we went hybrid fishing a little bit and And those, we had some big ones. I mean, them them rascals are still doing good. They're starting to thin out on me a little bit, so I'm going to have to chase them around a little bit more. Dang, bait keeps moving too much. Yesterday, this
1: this cold weather coming, that ought to conglomerate them. It ought to be all piled up, you know, the bait and everything else after all this water temperature drop.
3: I guarantee you it it should be because it's like yesterday, you know, we got out there and got out kind of on the main lake side and, they've been kind of hanging in the creek the mouth of the creeks and stuff and on the main lake side that's where the majority of the bait was instead of in the creek but there were some in both places and then you know it's you know like in the mouth of the creeks it'd be say 300 yards in the mouth of these creeks it'd be bait stacked up everywhere last week and then uh then yesterday it was kind of it's kind of like right in the mouth of the creeks, and then more in the main, like towards the main river channel side. So, at, with this colder weather, it should it should put them right there in the in the deepest part, closer to the main lake. It'd be my guess, but I'm guessing yesterday more than anything that fresh water we had coming in, you know, because the lakes are almost back up to normal pool now. So, that's I was thinking maybe that fresh water coming in. I had, had them moving around more than anything. But like I say, that, that cold weather is going to make them lock down and, and get, get in big, tight groups. And once that happens, those hybrids will be all over them. So, you know, that's, like yesterday, they were, they scattered out. And, I mean, we'd have some grab hold and pull, and they just wouldn't hold on to the baits and stuff like that. But that's that, it is what it is. Got on them catfish though, and them dying catfish did pretty good. I mean, for the amount, we probably didn't spend no more than an hour on them and had thirty six of them, so it wasn't too bad. Can't complain about it anyway, because they're for the most part, they were all good ones. They had a couple of right. little ones that we threw back, you know. Even though there's no length limit on, left on on catfish, other than the upper lengths, like the over twenty inches and thirty inch length fish, those are the only ones you really have to worry about, but we had, you know, I tell people all the time. If they don't look like they got any, any fillets on them, I'm gonna throw them back. You know, because it's just not, it's not worth keeping some of those smaller, thinner fish anyway. Even though, like, I think the ones I threw back yesterday were probably, uh, 13, 14 inches long. And they were just thinned out, and they just didn't have nothing on them. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where uh, there ain't no sense in, in taking that thing out. And just let him grow up a little bit, and you catch him again later. But we end up with I think well, we had three gallon bags of flies, So it wasn't too bad. Three gallons of fish ain't too bad for a for a morning trip. I can't complain about it anyway, that's for sure. But I am ready to see what this weather's gonna do next week. I mean these these numbers keep varying. I hear everything from twelve to twenty two, so as far as lows, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a different bird. Hopefully, it didn't like when all the power went out a few years
1: ago. Hell, so. ERCOT said, nah, I think they're showing about a 20% probability of that maybe happening again for grid failure. Yeah. but uh, Hopefully but that's not. When you depend too much on uh, wind and solar energy, you know, that's just that's part of the game. I can't believe how I, big it is here in Texas.
3: I, well, can't, I can't either. I mean, it.
1: when I drive to South Texas, I cannot believe. The windmill.
3: Oh, those, those windmills are everywhere right down there, aren't be they?
1: Beautiful countryside is just uh, pretty much. Uh,
3: <laughs> it's just nothing but windmills up anywhere, anywhere else. Doesn't look. Same Over anymore. in West Texas, all all throughout West Texas, it's, it's that way south and west. I mean, like Pampas oh, covered up with them windmills up there. Richard, uh,
1: I'm it's, sure you can probably hear me, but I can't hear you. I'm gonna have to reset again. Hang
3: with me. Okay. I can hear you, but it's, uh, anyway, it, it's, uh, those windmills are all throughout West Texas over there, that's for sure, so, you still there? Well, I'm hanging in here, so, anytime you get ready to talk, go for it, so. I'm with you, uh, I'm back. All uh, right, good deal, good deal, can you hear me now? Yes. Good deal. Yeah, like I say, all throughout West Texas over there. I mean, all, from Pampa all the way down to the coast, it's, it's covered up with them dang windmills. You know, I know the last time, last time I went over towards Loreno, them you get over over there around the the border checkpoints. There's there's windmills everywhere over there. So it's unreal. I was, I guarantee, you, and then went over to Midland a few years ago, and they're they're all out through there, and then you know it's just they're scattered everywhere. So yes, yeah, it is what it is. But hopefully they got it all figured out anyway. That's the main thing because I sure would sure would hate to see it happen happen again. Even though you know I'm just I'm sitting there thinking you know I go to Rayburn, get over there and launch the boat. If I'm not the first one in it in the water the ramp's gonna be froze so that's that's what's so bad about about the cold weather days yeah wherever you're at that ramp will freeze over in a minute and you gotta you gotta really pay attention because if you if you go get down there and it's froze over you always slide right on in the water and that ain't no fun no. I, it's like I was like yesterday I was over at the river catching bait and the dang deck of the boat froze I'm catching bait over there again and So it's it's like good night. It's it's already started, <laughs> already started. But I mean, it's every morning's been cold anyway. And when I when I get out there catching those shad, I'm slinging water everywhere to begin with. So it's it's just it's one of those things. Yeah, and that's where you get need up. to
1: be careful. standing up on that deck with frozen deck, throwing a cast net, and you fall and hit your I- head and roll out of the boat, and that that'd be the end of Richard.
3: There ain't no doubt about that. As like yesterday, I decided I better stay in the bottom of the boat, so I stayed yes. in, the, in, in the bottom of it instead of standing up there on that deck. But it's still getting in and out of the dying boat. I mean, it's it once once I get through chunking the net up there, I got to get out when I get it on the trailer, and I pretty much crawl on my hands and knees just to get to the front of the deck because I can't stand up. It's uh, it's froze, and it's uh, like yesterday when I got to the lake, I got or got Conroe to go fish, I always get on the water, and I clean the boat and stuff like that. Uh, I got my deck brush out and got to scrubbing it down, and, and it thaws out for a little bit, but then, then yeah. that little moisture that I put on there freezes back. So I got to tell everybody, grab a hold of something before you get in because the deck is frozen. I mean, everything, everything right. freezes you know, up on you. It uh, so,
1: comes a time in a man's life. He's got to decide whether it's worth it or not, you know.
3: Man, it's always know working. Limitations, buddy. <laughs> I hear you, brother. I All right, Richard.
1: I got a roll. If somebody wants to call you about coming up and fishing with you, give them some info how they get a hold of you.
3: All right, make anyone get in touch with me at nine three six 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 one seven nine two zero. You find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Two Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishtwo tx dot com, or just check out the webpage, page fishtwo tx dot com.
1: All right, buddy. Well, have a good one, Richard. Be safe out there. I'll talk to you Saturday and see how things are going. We'll be keeping an eye on this polar vortex.
3: <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all have fun. All right, fun.
1: All right later. Fun. All right, that's Richard Tosh up on Conroe. Let's go to Matagorda now and check in with Captain Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., good morning, buddy. How you doing?
0: I'm fine. How you doing, Mickey? Can't complain. It's all good, brother. I know what you mean. Know what you mean, Well. We got a little cold weather coming, finally.
1: Yeah, we do. A little yeah. more than we bargained for, but hey, it's it's January. Here it comes.
0: <laughs> we used to get shots like this sometimes in November. you know.
1: And- yeah, and uh, well, usually if you pull that first big one, it's always around Christmas time, but uh, a little later this year. Well, everything's been running behind this year.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been different. Definitely been different. I I uh I'm gonna fish today. I hadn't fished since last Thursday. You know, the weather's just been so up and down. I uh, know. I uh, know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and I was surprised last week when I was out there that <clears throat> those redfish, you know, as as low as that tide was, there should have been redfish all over East Bay and there wasn't.
1: Isn't that something?
0: Yeah. It is where did
1: they go? I mean what do they just I mean you can't beat them off of you half the year and then they just disappear they're like ghosts
0: yeah, yeah you know the the hardcore redfishmen around here they've been complaining mm-hmm. all year long that they you know they've seen a major difference
1: well it they was, ought to as many as have been I've seen harvested in the last two or three years I mean I've never seen so many dead redfish picks in all my life, yeah.
0: I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess all this just finally caught up with us.
1: Uh, it always does.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I used to tell you all the time on this show that I couldn't believe, the uh, <laughs> you know, all the dead fish that were coming out of East Man to go to Bay every day. But, you know, the thing that bothers me about these, these, these phrases uh, over here making all these, uh, these fish go to that inter, intercoastal and, uh, There's more barge traffic than I've ever seen before in my life. Oh, yeah,
1: they all get churned up. You know, that's the major issue at the land cut down by Corpus. used to, you'd see one or two barges all day, and now they're, you know, when I was down there fishing with Cliff, I couldn't believe the traffic on that end now compared to the old days. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that here, too. Yeah, I mean, in the same... I mean, you want to see some barge and ship traffic, come to Galveston and watch that. You know, you remember how we used to time it, fishing those humps between ships? Well, you don't have any time between ships anymore.
0: It's My continuous. God. What a fishery they screwed up over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Well, it's just a uh, sign of the times, and I'm just fortunate that I got to see what I did.
1: You're exactly right. I thank God every day I was born in 1953. You know, yeah. you, know you way before I, that, you old goat. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, back in the back in the early 70s, I I fished with Rudy Grigor a lot. I mean, a a hell of a lot. Oh yeah,
1: he was a pistol.
0: Yeah, and I'll never forget. He told me one night we got drunk. Well, we got drunk a lot of nights, but. Uh, <laughs> We got drunk one night and he, he told me that fishing was over with. It was done. <laughs> he, he was kinda wrong, wasn't
1: he? <laughs> yeah, it lasted a little longer than he anticipated. Yeah. Boy if Rudy if Rudy was alive today to see what we're going through now, he'd just uh he'd cut his own throat. Yeah, he would. God, he was a meat hauler. He was. He was. He was a meat hauler deluxe. Whack them and yep. stack them. He could do it. But he made a lot of money off selling them fish. Well, we all did back in the day. You can make more money selling fish than you could guiding trips. Absolutely. That was a fact. Just load yeah. you up some buddies said, Hey, I'm I'm paying for everything. Y'all can go with me for free, but uh, I get all the fish. I got to. Got a supplier I got to take care of. We just go out and strap it to them and just never ending, same every day. Fish populations yeah. were just, it would scare you. There were so many fish.
0: Yep. Yeah. No doubt about it. We've seen it. We've seen it. And now we got to worry about catching three trout.
1: Yeah. Or five. It just depends on what they're going to do. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's their call, basically. You know, they're the one, they're the managers of our fishery, and we just have to accept what they uh, allow us to have and, and just roll with it, deal with it.
0: Well, we have to. It's got to be done. Well, yeah. Got to. And, you know, we went through the three fish thing already, so that's likely going to be no big deal for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, y'all survived that. You know, all these guides think everybody's going to be selling boats and out of the guide business if the whole coast goes to three, but I'll assure you that's not going to happen. People are no, still going still- to go fish. If if you got a fish to feed your family, there's a lot cheaper ways to uh, feed your family other than spending all the money on boats and gas or guides or whatever, you know, to fill your freezer up.
0: Well, those days are over with. Yeah. It ain't gonna, You know, I tell some of my meat haulers all the time, you know, complaining about, well, I can't catch enough fish to feed my family.
1: They're still going, though, aren't they?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you need to start You know, because
1: it's a sport. It's fun. We go fishing to
0: – it's like
1: – I don't go deer hunting to fill the whole back of the truck up with deer. I go for the enjoyment and the sport of it.
0: All right i tell i tell them to start hunting hogs exactly Help the environment that's right start eat, start eating more pork
1: more pork and more redfish yeah bull reds that's we'll what just they need go
0: eat me. we'll just we'll go fishing for fun
1: that's it That's what i've always that's done where it we're for. At. that's uh you're exactly right. Well, Charlie, if somebody wants to call you about coming down and uh, doing some ice fishing with you here next week, how they get a hold of you?
0: Call me on my cell phone, 713 725
1: Just reeling in and working those lures and all your gads on your rod freezing up. That's Boy, I can't wait. That sounds very enjoyable. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, you have a good right. one, brother. See you, man. Take,
0: take care, Becky. Keep...
1: All right. All right, it's time for our top of the hour break You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610 We'll be right back
2: Okay, picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating My whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe